You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Taming our opinions. Everybody has plenty probably more than we should have. Uh, How to tame your opinion. And um, hey guys, just because you have an opinion does not mean you're supposed to share it. That is for sure. Um, Because we come up with lots of thoughts and ideas and things that we think, you know, oh, this is what I think about that. But you don't always need to share what you think about something. And we need to know how to tame our opinions. Scripturally, know how to, um, I think the Bible word that God uses is to be temperate, to know how to bring into line my thoughts in line with God's. Now, so young people, I really want to ask you to listen tonight, and I know that you, you don't have your normal teacher here, and I know the format's real different, but I really want your attention tonight. Please do your best uh, to listen and let me share some thoughts with you tonight. We're in Matthew 22 for a starter, and then I'm going to have you uh, turn over to another place in Matthew 22. Uh, Verse 36. would help if I got there. Matthew 22 down to verse 36. And here's the, the, the Lord really working into the heart of people. He knows that the Jews have been living surface, law-like lives. And there's nothing more boring than somebody that all they have is religion, and they don't have it in the heart. Man, I want to know that God speaks to me and that God's saying something to my heart, and that's what he's trying to do here. Look at verse 36 where he says, uh, <clears throat> So he's asked, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. It's kind of getting beyond that superficial kind of Christianity. And with all thy soul and with all thy mind, this is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So the first thing he says, love God. Hey, listen, guys, love God with everything you have inside. And then number two, you need to learn how to love your neighbor or the people that are around you. By the way, that's the people inside church here tonight. It's the people that will be here on Sunday. It's the people you work with. You need to learn how to love them the way you would love yourself. And I can come up with a lot of ways I love myself. I bought a, I bought a salted nut roll and laid it on my dresser yesterday. Well, we're moving all day yesterday and somebody moved the dresser. And I come up with all those guys and I said, where's my salted nut roll? And I found it squashed under a bag. I mean, it's, it's still laying there dead tonight. I'm probably going to eat it in the morning, but it's still laying there. Why'd you buy that salted nut roll? I watched the guy in front of me at Menards go through the line and he had his tools and everything and he just, last second, he reached down and grabbed a big salted nut roll. I'm like, 
Hmm. So I went through the line and bought my tools and my salted nut roll because I like to take care of myself. We all love to do that. And when I have a need, I like to see my need met. And so God says when I see my neighbor with a need, I'm supposed to love them like I would love myself. So he's trying to get into the heart here tonight. Now bear that in mind as we go back to chapter 7. Chapter 7. Everybody there? Matthew 7. You know what? These aren't, well, they are kind of long verses, but I'd like to hear us read them out loud together. Everybody with me on this? Um, Matthew 7, we're going to read all six verses out loud together, all right? Matthew 7, verse 1, the Bible says, Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, and turn again and rend you. Just a little word on that. I have an idea, guys, that by the time you go to the mirror and see this beam in your eye, and you pull this beam out of your own eye, you're not going to probably even be concerned about a little piece of sawdust that's in your friend or your neighbor's eye. Your problem was you were hurting, you had an issue, and rather than deal with your own issue, it was easier for you to run around and find everybody else's problems rather than to stop and take care of the one you have. So why would you go around judging somebody, God says, when you have such a glaring issue yourself? So take care of your own issues and you probably won't even need to worry about your neighbor. Truth is, uh, you don't need to be worrying about your neighbor's problems unless they're under your authority. And that's some of the things we want to talk about here tonight. Let's pray and then then we'll get into this. Again, Lord, it's good to be in the Word of God. And uh, Father, I thank you for how pointed you are to us. I know you're trying to get some things across to us, But we are so human sometimes, God, it gets in our way of hearing the Spirit's voice. So would you just break through and help us, and may we be uh, sincere and serious about what we'll be looking at tonight and have uh, an open heart. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So let me just say, number one tonight, would you even know if you are judging somebody? Would you know it? Do you know what the word judge uh, is, is talking about? Let me just give you a real basic definition of what it means if, if you, hey, hey guys, if you're judging me, or if I'm going to judge you, let me tell you what it looks like. It's forming an opinion, and there we go with opinions again, forming an opinion in my heart, whether it's right or wrong, that's important that you get that, 
forming an opinion in my heart, whether right or wrong, that condemns or, or punishes another person. Um, for, for instance, it's me setting up a courtroom in my heart. I want to be the judge, and I'm going to determine the rightness and the wrongness of something, uh, of what's going on in somebody else's actions. The way you came in tonight or the way you made fun of my jokes tonight, I could really talk about that tonight. I saw the smirk on your face, and I'm just going to set up in my heart a court and determine whether you were right or wrong the way you came in tonight and walked right past somebody and never even looked to shake. Everybody listening? You didn't even look to shake their hand, and you walked right past that person. How many times have we? I'm the preacher. How many times have we watched someone do something that you know they should have been doing something else, and you said in your heart, oh, that is so wrong. That's called judging. I will tell you that it's frustrating to watch people walk right past. I see it happen a lot. We will walk right past visitors in our service, and, um, and they're visiting. We pray for them every week that God would bring visitors, and it is frustrating as the pastor, to watch people walk right past people that are coming to visit, and they want to know what kind of church this is. We had a young lady in the back row back there last, maybe last Sunday night, and maybe some of you have met her and talked to her. I think, matter of fact, some of you would tell me about her, but, um, but, but we really need to watch for that. And, uh, but that's one of those things that, that can irk me as a pastor, because everybody needs to know they're loved when they come to church, Amen that you're not here just for your purposes and just for your reasons. So when I see you do something like that, it becomes real easy for me to say, they should have shook their hands, or you should have done this, or why did they look like that, or why did they dress like that, or why did they say that to so-and-so? And and you form this opinion in your heart, and in the courtroom right here, you set up court with you as the judge, and you slam the gavel down and determine whether somebody was right or wrong about a certain thing in your life. You judged that person. And that's what it really means to, uh, to judge. Many times our judgment comes because uh, of personal issues that uh, are within ourselves rather than because of a genuine concern for their spiritual welfare. You a lot of times will say something to somebody because you just wanted to vent not because you wanted to see them grow or to be made right with God or to help them. That's just such a human nature, and God condemns this. Jesus is dealing with this subject here tonight. So let's determine this. First of all, what is judging? Number two, then judging's in the Bible. I know it is. Who are the ones that are supposed to judge? When can I do the judging? When can I step up and say, that is wrong to do, and you shouldn't have done that? When is judging right? Who is to do judgment? The Bible tells us in John 5, 22, for the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the, unto the Son, Jesus Christ, has had all judgment committed unto Him. And that doesn't mean that nobody else is ever to judge anything. Well, then nobody should be judging on earth if it's all been given to him. No, then Jesus delegates that judgment out to people on earth. 
parents now have the, not just the right, but parents have the responsibility to judge what our children are doing or not doing. A pastor would have the responsibility to judge and to determine if what somebody is doing is right or wrong. Because God, Jesus Christ, uh, being the judge, uh, deputizes, can I use that word? Deputizes people on earth who will be over other people to be able to judge people under them who are in their authority. So those people are allowed to judge. Uh, Again, what it does mean is that Jesus delegates to certain people areas where they are to judge. But when he delegates judgment to certain people, is everybody listening to this? Once you have a certain area that you are supposed to judge in, guys, you are limited to that area of judgment. You don't have the right to just run around. Since you discipline your children, um, you don't have the right to go around judging everybody else's children just because you're a parent. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know who the best judges of children are? People who don't have children. Because <laughs> I was one at one time. <laughs> and man, I just knew how they should be doing this. You shouldn't let, they shouldn't be letting their kids say that or do that until I had children. I just saw it from a different angle. I'm not saying that the things that I might have been thinking may have been right or wrong, but yeah, anyway. So when you've been given an area to judge, that is your area. But when you try to judge outside of that area, you're wrong. You are now judging in a, in a sinful way. Um, so again, pastors are supposed to judge their congregation. I'm not supposed to walk into somebody else's church and start going up to people. This has happened before. We've had people, oh, over the years, come into our church, maybe an evangelist, maybe a, another pastor or another church member has come into our church. Not a lot. This hasn't happened a lot. But some people have come into our church and again, have come up to certain people and just told them that what you're doing is wrong shouldn't be doing that, shouldn't be dressing like that, shouldn't be talking like that, singing like that. And their opinions might be right, they're just wrong uh, when it's not in their area that God gave them to judge in. Could you agree with me on that? Amen? Um, So pastors are to judge their congregation. They are to scripturally determine the actions of a congregation. I'm supposed to watch a congregation and and see what they uh, are doing. I'm supposed to be like the shepherd, and if wolves are getting in, or if the sheep are starting to act like wolves, and they're starting to feed on each other, it's my responsibility to step up and to judge scripturally what the Bible says about your actions, and to make it known, either on a one-on-one basis, or from a pulpit, in a general sense, to the whole, to the whole crowd. I've tried really hard. It's been a uh, I, I don't know if I'll call it a pet peeve, but it's been something I've really worked at, that when I've seen somebody in the congregation doing something wrong, and it really got into my heart, I've tried not to come into the pulpit and preach at you, just you. Do you understand that? But I have tried to preach what the Word of God says, and when you're faithful to the whole Word of God and you preach the whole counsel of God, you're going to get to that issue eventually and it'll hit their hearts. And if it's something bad enough, I need to come to you individually and talk to you about those things. So, hey, everybody still awake tonight on Wednesday night? 
So, uh, guess who's coming on the 31st? Pastor Jason Jett's going to be here on the 31st. And guess who's going to be the, the person whose responsibility it is to look across the congregation and judge whether the congregation is living right or wrong? It's going to be Pastor Jason Jett. And I know he's coming with a, a heart full of love. I know that every time I talk to him, he's just itching to get up here and get started and to get things um, going. It encourages my heart. I so wish I could be here to watch it happen, but, but let him be your pastor. Listen to what he says. Um, you may find this hard to believe, but he's going to be different than me. Can you imagine that? His jokes may not be as good. He may not have had a garden or a woods behind his garden. But when he, listen, when he does things differently, and he will, uh, there's lots of things that really needs, we all know this, adjustments and uh, some things need to be brought back into in line as far as organization, organization and stuff. Um, but that man wants to lead you in love and understand it's his responsibility to do so. And please be willing to follow that. God has put that on him um, to have this area to be the judge of. Of course, that's not his one job, just to go around judging everybody. He's going to preach. He's going to do some tremendously great things. But when it comes time, he will judge and follow him in that, please. Again, the parents, uh, judge your own children. An employer uh, is to look at, uh, to assess and correct the employee's actions as they apply to the rules of the workplace. Um, uh, teachers are supposed to judge their students, keeping them in line. Basically, anybody who is legally or scripturally in charge of someone is to judge the people that are under them. Uh, if you have a judge that won't judge properly, uh, he's not a worthy judge. He may know what the rule book says, but if he doesn't follow the rule book, he's not a worthy judge. He's not following, and in our case, it's, it's the Word of God, and they need to follow you know, those things that stick to what God has taught us, all right? So, um, <clears throat> so we are prohibited from judging anybody else. Is everybody still with me? somebody says, but the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend, and I'm good at that. Yes, but that friend is not to wound by judging his friend. He wounds his friend by lovingly sharing concerns that he has about their life. That's what that means. Not be judgmental. You know what it's like to be around someone, you walk away feeling about this tall because the way they described you or the way they talk about other people. Hey, guys, um, don't be a trash can and allow other people to come up and lift the lid and just dump in you concerning somebody else or about so-and-so and how they live and sitting around the coffee table or sitting at Culver's, which, by the way, how many tried to go to Culver's Sunday night? I'm the only one. A bomb went off in that place. There's furniture and everything all over that. I guess they're reorganizing or something. When somebody sits around and tries to talk about you, please listen. 
about somebody else in this church? Or they're really good gossiping and judging? Let me tell you something. The one that will sit and accept and receive and act like it's okay and there's no big deal to to let them just dump on me and judge somebody else, then friend, you're just as bad as the person that's doing the judging. And so change the subject. Lovingly change the subject or, or just excuse yourself in a kind way. Number three. So what, what do we need to do when we are studying the subject and Jesus was very clear, judge not, that ye be not judged. Uh, what are we supposed to do? So we need to determine if we are guilty of the unbiblical judging. Hey, teenagers, how do you do with this? Do you talk about other teenagers? Do you, do you make fun of so-and-so? Do we talk about others in a more adult-like manner? Because we're adults, you know, but it's the same thing. Um, and if we do, if we have an issue with that, then we need to determine that and do something about it. If we can look and see where we have been guilty, we must make the correction and stop. It's wrong. It's ungodly. You're not living out of that heart of love to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and soul and your mind. First and great commandment, but the second one is like unto it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You don't like people sitting around talking about you and cutting you down and and tearing you up. And God says, I want you to be like me. And if you got something wrong, then it needs to be corrected is what he says. Let's look at... uh, some of God's direct commands concerning this subject. Uh, Go with me over to the book of Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. Everyone there? In Romans 2, look at verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. Think we could get a little amen out of that? You think the times, there's been times where I've said some things about others that you have said something about someone? And in reality, you kind of live out some of those same things they were doing? Sure. Go over to chapter 14 of Romans. Chapter 14, look in verse 3 and 4. Verse 3 says, Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, And let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. And this this chapter uh, deserves kind of an explanation. You've got people who would not eat certain meats if it had been offered to an idol, and, and, um, and then others wouldn't eat that meat, and they would only eat herbs in some cases or whatever. And people would look at each other and would begin to condemn one another about what they we're doing. I have heard people at the same table around at a restaurant. They're not in here. But, and look at what the other person was eating and begin to talk to them about, if you eat that, 
that's going to clog your arteries. And, it's, and you're not, you're not going to be healthy. You, okay, and now that's a fact. But when you begin to say, and you should not be, friend, you stepped over the line. Yeah. A lot of meals I've eaten in the last couple of weeks start with an MC. <laughs> Muck. And then all the juice goes in, or the grease, whatever you want to call it. So verse 3, look at it again. Let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not, and let not him which eateth not judge him that eateth, for God hath received him. Everybody got that? God hath received him. God said he's good. He's mine. Now look in verse 4. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Now, hit that pause button. Who moved my pause button? I'm going to act like it's still got a battery in it right there. Now, what did it say in verse 4? Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Now you can look back up here, everybody. Hey, so what he just said is, to his own master he stands or falls. In other words, it's his master that is the one that's supposed to judge him. Who are you trying to judge that guy's servant? He doesn't even belong in your circle of judgment. How did you get to the place where you felt like it was okay to do that? That's what he's saying. Now let's finish that verse up. Yea, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. Praise the Lord. Let God handle that. God knows how to make that man what he ought to be. You don't need to be going around judging those kind of people. Look, drop down to verse 10. <clears throat> Same chapter, verse 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother, or why dost thou set it not thy brother, which means to make him unworthy in your mind, set at naught thy brother. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Hmm, you mean I don't need to judge him then? Of course not. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Now look back up here. We will give an account of ourselves to God. You say, well, I'm having to look my boss in the face, though. And how am I giving an account of myself to God if I'm looking at my boss or the policeman standing there who just judged me with a ticket, trying to tell me I went 10 miles over? the speed limit. How can you tell me God's going to be the one to judge me? Here's how that happens. Those people have been delegated authority to them from God. Read Romans 13 is very clear about this. And when they have been delegated, deputized to do judging, then they are to judge in that area. And that's who that servant needs to answer to, his own master, not to you. Boy, oh boy, do we make judgment calls on the road. <clears throat> How many have a driver's license? Let me see your hands. How many have a driver's license? How many shouldn't have those driver's licenses? So, so we, many of us have driver's license, especially with potholes on the road. People will just dart into my lane. I mean, just boom, now they'll go right back. Um, I mean, a person, this person yesterday drove right down on the right-hand side of the lane up against kind of the curb. And I know, I know they did it on purpose while the water was running so we could just spray my window constantly. 
I don't know why I'm telling you that story. I'll come back around to that here in just a minute. I'm sure it's got something to do with judging and not judging. And, and um, let's go to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Are you there? Nobody has answered me one time when I've asked that question tonight. Are you there? Oh, great. Super, guys. James 4, 11 and 12. Look at verse 11. <clears throat> Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his, judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth... Whoa. The law? Wow. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Now, who would that be? Who would that be? God, okay, Jesus. So then the last question is, so who are you that judgest another, trying to take the place of Jesus himself? That's what he's getting at. We like to run around like a bunch of little gods, correcting everybody else's problems when they're not in our authority or area of authority to be able to do so. The title of the message tonight was Taming Our Opinions. Don't let an opinion run through your mind when it doesn't belong to you. We spend so much time on other people when in reality we ought to be thinking more about how can I be more like Christ. I wonder what Jesus would have thought about that. I wonder how he would have handled that. If I found out that somebody was talking down about me and saying bad things about me, how would Jesus have dealt with that? I know how he did it many, many times in the Word of God. It was amazing. It's humbling the way our Savior did so. So who are we to try to take the place of Jesus himself? <clears throat> you know, you'll hear all kinds of things said like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Oh, really? Uh, you shouldn't be doing this or that. Or it's a sin to do that. Don't you know that? Uh, you, you shouldn't be, and I, I've said all these things already tonight. You shouldn't be wearing that, saying that, acting like that, looking like that. Um, well, then how am I supposed to help somebody who is obviously doing something wrong without being judgmental? It's a great question. Is everybody listening? You see somebody doing something wrong that they should not be doing? Number one, are you concerned for their spiritual welfare? Or are you just wanting to vent? I'm asking you that. But how am I supposed to help somebody that's doing something wrong? Go to the person that's in their authority, that is their authority. Go to the parent. I, I had a I had a guy one time, and I love this guy to death. I still do. Not even near as right now. But one of my, as I have said many times, one of my middle daughters had um, gotten onto a, a vehicle on the parking lot and um, shouldn't have been on one of the buses. It was a Sunday night. And uh, there were two or three of them on the bus, but I have the highest confidence that a little blind-haired girl was probably the leader and, um, and so they had gotten off, and some 
somebody had, uh, I, I had coming out, I was coming outside to the car and I looked over and uh, I saw an individual with their hands on uh, my daughter's shoulders and was shaking her and was saying, you should have never been on that bus and you shouldn't be doing what you are doing. And the shaking wasn't harsh, but they were trying to get their attention and make sure they didn't ever do it again. And I, I kindly took the individual off to the side and talked to them about it and explained that the better thing to have done maybe would have been to come and got me, and then I would, I, would, I would handle that the next time. I said, I appreciate the concern you have, but the better way to have handled that would be to come to the parent. And that's true of all of us, is to go to the person that's in authority. If you're trying to help someone out and you see that they're doing wrong, are you just upset in yourself that they get to do things and and, and, and they never get caught, and every time I do it, I get caught. I mean, is it that kind of a thing, or do you really want to see that person grow and be strong? And if that's the case, then go to their authority and let them handle it and leave it alone. Once it's in the hand of the authority, it's, listen, it's no longer yours. Get it out of your head. You're not the custodian of somebody else's servant or somebody else um, who's in authority over them. Um, Again, too many times our words to people are just more venting of our frustrations than genuine concern for their well-being. We've got to remember, if we cast judgment on someone, uh, you just robbed God because judgment belongs to God, and I should not take anything that belongs to the Lord. We all understand when we don't pay our tithes, you rob God of your tithes and offerings. But when you take judgment out of His hands, it's no different. You took something that belonged to God and thought it belonged to you. You weren't delegated that authority, and so you're robbing God. Matthew 5, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Guys, if we don't love them and pray for them, please hear this we will find ourselves judging them. The people that frustrate us so bad, you want to know who frustrates me right now so bad? You want to hear who it is? The politicians. Man, oh man, oh man. Ruining our country so bad. Pray for our president. But if I don't spend time praying for him, I begin to judge them. And it's not in my authority to do that. So i got to get certain thoughts out of my mind. I can only listen to some programs for only so long because I start getting agitated, which is right. That's a cousin to being judgmental. So God gives us the right kind of actions to carry out toward them, and we need to carry out the love and the prayers. Like I said there in Matthew 5, love them, uh, do good, uh, and, and pray for them. So do you know someone tonight who you should be praying for rather than judging them? So to remind you, uh, to to close it out tonight, let me remind you that in Jesus' day, over and over again, the scribes and the Pharisees were constantly judging Christ for healing when? What day did they just really jump all over him? For healing on the Sabbath and for many other things that they determined in their mind was wrong. So Christ knows how it feels to be judged. He certainly does. He knows the piercing of heart that it delivers. Let's not 
take lightly his command to judge not. Um, I'll close with this quote. I don't know if the name F.B. Meyer means anything to anyone here tonight. Please listen as we close this out, please. It was F.B. Meyer, I believe, who once said that when we see a brother or a sister in sin, there are two things that we do not know. First, we do not know how hard he or she tried not to sin. And second, we do not know the power of the forces that assailed him or her. We also do not know what we would have done in the same circumstance. So be careful when we look at and see something that somebody has done that we know was the wrong thing to do. Taming our opinions just because you have an opinion doesn't mean that you need to share your opinion. And if it's putting somebody else down or determining in your heart whether it was right or wrong for what that person said or did or whatever, then you become a judge. And that only belongs to Jesus. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.